around because of foreign wars we wage. More to do with the colors blue and red. You said you lost too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free. of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful, although not feeling it so much the last week, host Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and the live audience much bigger than the usual, although I guess I'm going to have to kind of change that, at least until the end of the year, uh, since I am pretty much simulcasting with WCET uh, better than half of the time I'm on air now, so... Uh, glad to have you guys along for the ride. Thank you ever so much for being here. A uh, quick shout out to Chief, host of Simple Facts of Life, as he's already in the BTR chat room, just waiting for me to get the show started. So thank you very much for being here, sir. I appreciate it. Chief, as I mentioned, is the host of the fantastic show, Simple Facts of Life. You can find him at blogtalkradio.com. Uh, when you land on the homepage there, you'll see a search bar near the top. You can. If you so choose, take the easiest way possible to find him and put in QMC USN, and that'll take you pretty much right to him straight away. Not an issue, not a problem. But the thing is, if you're listening while you're driving around or while you're out enjoying your Sunday, and hopefully most of you are able to do that today, uh, then you may be coming back later to your computer keyboards, your tablets, your Phones, whatever it is you may be doing that you can't do while you're out and about just driving around, 
uh, and then you can't remember, well, guess what? The easiest thing to do then is just put in simple facts of life. Scroll down a little bit. You'll find it, and it's worth it. And you can join him live on Tuesdays. He gets started at 6 p.m. Eastern. You, of course, can adjust your time zone accordingly. I also want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the crazy Cajun. Uh, Cece has uh, joined us in the BTR chat room, but he is, of course, the fantastic, wonderful engineer slash producer for WCET Radio. So he's here right now making sure that the simulcast is going off without a hitch and that the recording for rebroadcast also uh, works fairly well. And, you know, it's a good thing because, quite honestly, I certainly couldn't do it without him, and I do not make his job any easier. Thank you for being here as well, sir, because I know he listens in. Now, I just got done listening to Ron Edwards. For most of you that are listening at WCET, you did too. He, of course, had uh, the captain on with him, and uh, they had a, a pretty good conversation. And like I say, I I wish I felt as strongly and as optimistic as uh, he does right now about the ultimate outcome. And my pessimism comes from the fact that we've seen all this stuff work out before. We know – that there tends to be very little accountability for the political class in this country, and they've been allowed to get away with things for so long because a lot of us simply haven't been paying attention. A lot of us, and I'm saying Americans in general right now. I'm not talking specifically to this listening audience, but Americans in general for a long time now have been at best casual observers of what goes on politically. As a result, if you're not paying attention all the time, you may not have even noticed how far to the left the legacy media has gone. You may not have noticed that uh, the doublespeak and uh, the playbook from the, the dystopian novel, 1984, uh, as it discusses, you may not have even noticed that that's been applied to lawmaking. And our body politic for some time now. Things like the Affordable Health Care Act, which basically guaranteed it was anything but. I'm sorry, but the fact that there were four American citizens who managed to actually benefit from it, and then the rest of the country suffered in one form or another to various degrees, that doesn't make it affordable. It makes it a lie. But again, those casual observers of the body politic, they may not have noticed. They may not have even seen it. They may hear Affordable Health Care Act, and they're thinking, wow, it's about time they did something about that, and not even know that that's the same thing as Obamacare. Why do I say that? Tim, Tim, why are you saying that? Because I've talked to people who did not know that they were the same thing. Reasonably intelligent people, but people who just pay attention to politics. And I wish that I could just say that there was the one anomaly, but I've literally talked to dozens of people, some of them in person, some of them online, dozens, nearly hundreds, that that is the truth, that they simply did not even know that Obamacare and the Affordable Health Care Act were the same thing. 
There's been this long-standing accusation by the legacy media for a while now that the man-on-the-street segments that you will see occasionally, like on Waters World and uh, other various conservative outlets, which actually is a thing that started on late-night television when a very non-political individual just thought it was funny to go ask the most ridiculous, most basic of questions and to show how little the average American they would run into knew. The accusation from the legacy media that these man-on-the-street segments are heavily edited, and they only select the people who got it wrong. Well, tragically, it doesn't require a great deal of editing these days, depending on where you go ask these questions. And it is very sad. At least to me, anyway. Waiting for me. I don't know. It's, I, I wish I felt more optimistic about the outcome. Now, I do feel just as ever bit as confident today that Donald John Trump actually won the election as I felt that Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama did not win re-election for his second term. And for those of you who are longtime listeners, you know – I was very adamant about that. Now, I do fully believe that Barack Obama won election in the first place. I do think there were enough individuals who just said, thought, oh, this will be historic. Let's, let's make history, and then plenty of uh, white guilt leftists who was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's do that. that. That's great, and at the end of the day, a lot of them realized what a mistake it was. So I don't believe, not for a second, because we saw some of the same things, although not as not as blatant, not as fragrant, fragrant as we've seen with this. But we saw a lot of the same things in a lot of the same places. Pennsylvania in particular had multiple voting districts in Obama's reelection campaign uh, where a hundred percent of that district voted. For Obama, or in some cases, even 103, 105, 110 percent. Now, how do you get to 110 percent of your voting district? Clearly, you have acknowledged that you have X number of registered voters, and then you have X number of votes that have been counted. Clearly, some of them should have been thrown out. But you know what? To find out which ones needed to be, you would have to go back through, do a recount, have auditors come in to observe it. And, well, we just – we're not going to bother with that. And nobody challenged at that point because nobody had the spine to stand up to Barack Obama and say, hey, dude, this ain't right. Why? Because you would instantly be called a racist, and at that point in time, we still had the squishy-spined – Political operatives running the GOP that simply refused to have that albatross hung around their neck. But you see, people like myself, people who have either gotten behind a microphone or gotten in front of a camera and who have been trying to espouse conservative values now for a while… We've come to see being called a racist, being called a bigot, being called an Islamophobe as a badge of honor because we know that's what they call us when they can't counter the points we're making. 
chief in the chat room right now that says, I'm confident Joe Biden said that he was going to be a president for all the people. Gee, that's something that I've never heard before. Surely Joe wouldn't lie about a thing like that. Well, surely not. I mean, it's not like anybody would cheat for him to become at least long enough to take the oath of office, uh, the occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. No, surely that couldn't be the case. Of course, Chief is naturally being sarcastic at this point. He's trying to make the point that, yeah, surely to goodness, which is why we're seeing and hearing threats from uh, leftists, particularly people like AOC and the squad, about how they're literally publicly announcing that they're making an enemies list. They're posting it on Twitter where everybody's going to agree with them. Hey, yeah, all right. Only not everybody did. Got some pushback from it. And, of course, we all heard the leaked uh, internal bickering among the uh, Democrats in the House, the House caucus, where a lot of folks were really upset that they nearly lost their their reelection campaign or did lose and pointed out the fact that it was all that insane socialism talk. And, of course, <clears throat> AOC followed that up with with a big major push against the whole idea that somehow Americans would still not be prepared to embrace socialism. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you the latest from AOC, headline that I came across today, and man, oh man, it's not anything new, but uh, she got a little riled up evidently. You see, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because evidently for a white conservative to call her AOC, even though that's her handle on Twitter, but for a white conservative to call her AOC is racist and disrespectful. So AOC it is, <laughs> although for the purposes of the drinking game that we haven't played in a while, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because that's worth two shots instead of just the one. At any rate, the venerable, educated, Master of economic and master of environmental policies, the good lady from New York. AOC was literally fuming at her colleagues uh, in an interview over the weekend after the far left wing of the party was blamed by the Democrats for stunning losses in House races this past week. Quote, <clears throat> we know that race is a problem, and avoiding it is not going to solve any electoral issues. Now, seriously, AOC right off the bat playing the race card. It's not because they're extreme radical socialists, and most Americans, even those who typically vote Democrat, might have some clue, might have some idea that socialism's kind of a bad thing. No, no, no. It's the racist, even in their own party, which actually is where you're going to find most actual racists in this country. By the way, just, just an FYI aside. So maybe AOC's on to something. I don't know. Maybe – Anyway, she continues, <clears throat> we have to actively disarm the potent influence of racism at the polls. 
How exactly do you do that, you may wonder? How do you stop somebody from voting in a racist fashion should they actually be racist? Because at the end of the day, aren't they the ones who want to try to make it as easy as possible for everyone to vote and not have any impediments whatsoever, not even have to prove you are who you say you are, not even have to prove that you're legally eligible to vote in an election? I mean let's go ahead and turn this into American Idol. Let's go ahead and turn this into Dancing with the Stars. We need the general public or at least the few that are paying attention to just vote electronically over their phones and then over their laptops so they can vote several times and get this all tabulated hundreds of thousands, millions possibly of votes and have it completed in the time it takes to run a commercial break on television. That, that's, that's her party, right? Make it as easy for everybody, and it doesn't matter if you vote a few times. Hey, that just means you're really serious, right? So how do you go about, <laughs> how do you go about stopping racism at the polls? Well, Let's see if she gave us that answer as we continue looking at this article. Now, Ocasio-Cortez claimed that the Green New Deal, a socialist agenda that was so toxic that not a single Democratic senator voted to support it when it was put up for a vote last year. Well, according to her, it was not a sinker for candidates. Ocasio-Cortez also claimed that Quote, progressive policies do not hurt candidates, despite the fact that her colleagues said that they nearly lost their own races because of those policies. Now, now this is AOC saying, hey, don't blame me that I'm a loudmouth bartender who pretends to be from the Bronx. No, it's not my fault. <sighs> Representative Abigail Spanberg, Democrat from Virginia who narrowly leads in her re-election bid, said in an audio recording, quote, we need to not ever use the word socialist or socialism ever again. We lost good members because of that. If we are classifying Tuesday as a success, we will get effing torn apart in 2022. Now, Casio cortez who, of course, has been an elected official for all of two years at this point. She was literally livid. She fumed that other Democrats pointing their fingers at her and her far-left cohorts, suggesting that they were incompetent and did not know how to run campaigns. It's all your fault, guys. Maybe you should have embraced socialism. Maybe you should have called yourself a socialist. Maybe you should have said, we, too, have now officially joined the squad. Under AOC's leadership, we'll soon elect her as Speaker of the House, and we will control the purse strings of this nation, and we will save the working class, because that's always the promise, never fulfilled, but always made and given by socialists everywhere. Maybe that's what they should have done. This, this is what AOC is telling them. Oh, it's clearly your fault because you're not capable of running a campaign even though many of you have been successful at being reelected way more often than I, a representative of nearly two years with a single reelection under my belt with both my original election and that reelection. Mostly due to the efforts of people based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, as opposed to 
anything she actually did, and then counting heavily on the fact that the district she's in was simply going to vote for whoever got the Democratic nomination regardless of who it was. Yes, she is the expert on running successful campaigns. Clearly, why are we not listening to her? I mean, why, why, why would you even question her great wisdom? Ah, it's your incompetence that you didn't know how to run campaigns. She also, just FYI, showing she is a true Democrat, uh, suggested that they needed to spend more money on Facebook, a platform that she repeatedly criticized, by the way, because for the longest time, Facebook was still taking political advertisement dollars. And shock, horror, crime against humanity, they were taking the same money from Republicans as they were from Democrats. How dare you give the Republicans a place to, to espouse their ideas and to challenge the superiority of the democratic mindset. Ocasio-Cortez also said in the same interview that she and her far-left cohorts were essentially laughing at the Democrats who were trying to blame the movement for black lives for their loss. The Movement for Black Lives is a fringe coalition of Black Lives Matter groups that supports extreme policies. The organization changed some of the things that is listed on its About page. Just so you know, some of what was originally on it, they said that they were abolitionists. We believe that prisons, police, and all other institutions that inflict violence on black people must be abolished and replaced by institutions that value and affirm the flourishing of black lives. Now, before I go any further with that, uh, I'm okay with doing away with things that indiscriminately inflict violence on any group of people. I, however, do not believe that prisons and police do that, not on a real systemic level. I believe because I have firsthand knowledge of police officers and their daily lives. I, I believe that an overwhelming majority of people who take up the role and responsibility of law enforcement in this country do so because they want to make their communities better. They want to make their communities safer. They want to serve the people there, and they are slow to move to violence in comparison to what the average person would be if they faced the same circumstance. And if you're on the receiving end of violence from a law enforcement officer, while it may not be the case each and every time, there is a high probability that you have done something that you should not have done. There's a high probability that you have violated a law, and in that violation of the law, when coming face-to-face -face with a law enforcement officer, have taken a course of actions, made a poor set of decisions that puts you in a position to, rather than simply be taken into custody, to have yourself become the wrong end 
of the act of violence. They said that we believe in censoring the experiences and leadership of the most marginalized black people, including but not limited to those who are trans and queer, women and femmes, currently and formerly incarcerated, immigrants, disabled, working class and poor. So they're still trying to build the coalition even though they don't give a rat's backside about anybody other than themselves. If that's not describing you, they don't care. If that's not describing them, they don't care. If it's you but not them, guess what? They don't care. And you notice how they very carefully put that into the words of the most marginalized, meaning that if you happen to be a black person who has actually worked hard and done well for yourself, that you haven't bought into the myth that the man's going to hold you down no matter what, and you went out and proved it wrong, and in that process you've embraced some level of conservative ideology, well then clearly you're just not very black. They said that we believe in transformation and a radical realignment of power. The current systems we live inside of need to be radically transformed, which includes a realignment of global power. Pay attention, global power. We are creating a proactive movement-based vision instead of a reactionary one. They don't care about America and its founding. They don't care about our constitution or why it should stand. They don't care about individual liberty, individual freedom. They don't care about those things because those are the things that are impediments to their goals. They don't care how well you do trying to, trying to ignite a revolution. And they see themselves as being on top of whatever system comes next. And sadly for most of them, they're nothing more than useful idiots for the globalists that are using them as pawns. But they will come out and they will speak passionately. They will determine the future, and they will convince you that you are either with them or you are insignificant. Be part of the right side of history, and in their minds, the right side of history is just whoever wins. In their mind, right and wrong doesn't exist. Right to them is just simply what they want. And sadly, there are people that are supposed to be on the other side of the political aisle here, supposed to be slightly over that center line in the political ideology that also believe that uh, it's just whatever they want. That's why they're not consistent in how they behave. They're not truly standing on principles. The only principle at play is, ha, 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 I want to win. Therefore, whatever the means are, the ends justify them. They also used to say, but decided to pull this down from their website, that we are anti-capitalists. We believe and understand that black people will never achieve liberation under the current global, racialized, capitalist system. When asked 
no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going any further with that. I, I have to respond to that too. Capitalism is globally racialized. Are you honestly going to sit there and tell me that any person that is not Caucasian, that has managed to become successful anywhere in the world is strictly because somebody allowed it, that they're just a token so we can set back and point and say, see, see, it does work for other people. Is that what we're supposed to believe? I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why Why would Why would a reasonably intelligent person take one look at the reality on the ground and pretend otherwise? Well, because lots of people have been pushed, been pushed down into these communities that are under let, – let's pay close attention to this part, boys and girls – that have been under control of the Democratic Party for decades, if not half a century or possibly even longer in some cases. Ken Crow was on with me Friday night, and he took a great deal of heat for some of the things that he said. And I got to tell you, Ken is a legitimate activist conservative. But like a lot of conservatives, like a lot of honest, decent Americans, we don't want violence on the street. We would prefer not to have to deal with it. And he was making a call about that, and then he also pointed out the fact that there is some level of systemic racism within the systems at certain levels that they were preventing, preventing young black people from being able to get the best possible education. But the part he left out, the part that I had to point out later, and the part I'm pointing out again now is where you find racism being actively utilized within the system so that you can technically call it systemic is only where Democrats are in control. They're in charge. Their idea of fighting for the minority is keeping you under their thumb, and thank God that large numbers of <clears> – <throat> I'll use their language – people of color are starting to awake to that idea, are starting to notice the pattern, are starting to see, hey, yes, the same rhetoric all the time, but when they had a chance to fix anything, they only made things worse. Why is that? Why is it that – Donald J. Trump shows up one day and says, hey, guys, at this point, what have you got to lose? And then even though most, most of the people in those communities still did not vote for him at that point, he still went to work for them just the same, actually did what he said. AOC AOC when she was asked what surprised her about the election results her response was quote the share of white support for Trump i thought the polling was off but just seeing it there was that feeling of realizing that work what work we have to do yeah aoc again saying it's it's racism it's all those white folks that are all white supremacists she continued saying quote we need to do a lot of anti-racist deep canvassing 
in this country. Because if we keep losing white shares and just allowing Facebook to radicalize more and more elements of white voters and the white electorate, there's no amount of people of color and young people that you can turn out to offset that. Casio cortezs statement was factually incomplete. See, as Donald J. Trump actually lost support with white men while gaining support with literally every other demographic, Ocasio-Cortez also suggested on Twitter uh, that people who were attacking Democrats by pointing out their support for defund and socialism were racist, calling the attacks racially resentment attacks. So is AOC now officially declaring that if a conservative calls their racist policies racist, that that's just racist resentment? That I'm being racist for calling them racist, but then I'm also an angry racist because I don't like their racism? That that's That thought seems – a little more weighty than the average that she's capable of. Is she getting lost there, or is she simply hoping that most of the people listening to her have about the same IQ as her and that they'll get completely lost in that and just say, yeah, all right, yeah, AOC, AOC. Now, during this interview, Ocasio-Cortez also added that she has been – Begging the party to let her help them and that they're not listening. They're not interested in her help, which she claims is the reason why they're losing. She said, quote, I offered to help every single swing district Democrat with their operation, and every single one of them but five refused my help, and all five of the vulnerable or swing district people that I helped secured victory or are on a path to secure victory, and every single one that rejected my help is losing, and now they're blaming us for their loss. No, that's that's literally not what's happening. But is that what we expect from AOC? Is that what we expect from Democrats? Hell yeah, it is, and why not? Why shouldn't we expect that? Because that's what they do, right? We're going to… Make a statement that completely flies in the face of what is reality. We're going to claim that what we said is reality. And if you try to point anything out to us that is other than what we said, well, then we're going to claim that you're the loon. You're the crazy person. Take that tinfoil hat off, sir. You you are going to a re-education camp right now. You know, yeah, expect re-education camps. I mean, not like on day one, but if this is allowed to stand, and I I still have faith that that there is a legal path to prevent this, but if this is allowed to stand, and with each passing day, they, they act more and more like it's an irreversible decision. We keep having to remind people that the media calling an election doesn't make it so. That the secretary of state in each individual state has to certify those elections, and that simply hasn't been done yet. 
and for good reasons, and we'll get into that here shortly. But just because some, just because every major media outlet now is saying, "Oh yes, we now project." That's the key word, isn't it, boys and girls? Pay attention. Project. We now project that Joe Biden has won the election because they expect the same old, same old. They do not understand that they are still dealing with a very different animal than the usual squishy-spined roll-over-and-take-it GOP candidate. Why they haven't figured out this guy's different than all those yet, I have no idea. They've had four years to get that into their thick heads, and it still hasn't occurred to them yet that they're not on the American side here. The American side, an honest to goodness American individual who wants to maintain the integrity of the election process in this country stands up and says, okay, this is still way too close to call, and there are way more irregularities here than we've ever seen documented before. Now, it doesn't mean that there's more than we've ever seen before. It means that somebody's actually looking this time. Oh, no. Sworn affidavits from various polling locations, uh, various individuals who work for the post office, various people who are in positions to manipulate this election in a significant way, particularly in swing states, are coming out and saying that they were told by their superiors to do things that are clear violations of the law. If you want to see the integrity of this election taking place, you've got to demand recounts in all of these areas with proper oversight, where there are people of both sides there and where it is clearly an issue of only those ballots that meet the legal requirements to be counted that are counted. And then the results are whatever the results are. I have a strong, strong inclination of who actually wins in that recount, even if I'm shocked and surprised by that outcome. Then we have the peaceful transfer of power, and then, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, we get to work defending this country again. We stop relying so heavily on the orange man who has tried… Because it, it's always been up to us, always. This republic cannot be allowed to fall. There is no place else to go. There is no place left. When America fails to be America anymore… Than the few places where there is some some semblance of liberty, some semblance of freedom, well, they fall under the control of the same globalist forces that have been aligned against us since this nation's inception. I have blown way past the uh, mid-hour break. I'm just trying to get some stuff off my chest at the moment, so I apologize for that. Let's, let's go ahead and take that little bit of a break right about now, and uh, 
on the other side, we'll finish up this hour, and we'll go headlong into hour number two. You guys, don't go anywhere. I will be right back. If the 2020 election was fair and transparent, then pigs are flying all over the place. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, free and fair elections are a pipe dream. In Michigan, there are 5,453,000 registered voters, yet leftist Democrats projected 5,716,581 votes, bringing in a 105% total. I guess for good measure to cheat their way to victory. Poll workers in Detroit were paid $600 by Mark Hay. There's no cheating Zuckerberg. The reliable Project Veritas truth seekers videotaped postal workers in beautiful Traverse City, Michigan, postmarking late arriving ballots with the November 3rd date to get around Michigan's law, which plainly stipulates for one and all ballots must be postmarked by 8 p.m. Election Day evening. There are similar examples of Democrats cheating elsewhere throughout the republic, in Arizona and Nevada, for example. Of course, Democrats swear there is no wrongdoing like they used to do when they would hang black Americans from trees in the Deep South and swear no laws were broken and that blacks were slap-happy. I'm Ron Edwards. Don't miss the Ron Edwards American Experience talk show on WCETradio.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins for your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Did you know that the VA drastically expanded telehealth during the pandemic? Telehealth allows you to stay in your home and visit with the doctor. Prior to the outbreak of the epidemic, the VA system conducted about 2,500 telehealth video sessions daily. Today, it's increased a thousand percent with more than 25,000 telehealth calls every day. Here's your veterans tip of the day. Make contact with your local VA facility and find out how you can enroll in telehealth. It'll improve the quality of your care. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us Veterans Tip of the Day. Become a WCET Late Nighter today. What is a late nighter, you ask? A late nighter is a loyal listener who wants access to the WCET radio shows on demand and wants to contribute to the station's growth with an annual or monthly listener contribution. Late nighters also get priority access to host call in shows special WCET swag, and late-nighter only events on the network. Become an annual late-nighter and get a free WCET Stop the Censorship t-shirt sent directly to you all over the world. Just click one of Become a Late-nighter buttons all over WCETradio.com to subscribe. Without you, there is no us. Late Nighters, make sure you like and follow WCET Radio and all our shows on social media. Just click the channel you want at the top and bottom of our homepage. Then be sure to share with a friend and ask that friend to do the same. And you become the resistance. And man, oh man, do we need to build that resistance immediately. Post haste, ladies and gentlemen. Needs to be there. We need to be standing with Donald J. Trump right now as he faces off headlong, squaring now into the courts to try and, again, continue to fight the the good fight, to, to try to drain the swamp, to try and put the American people first ahead of the special interest and the wealth building of the globalist-minded politicians. That's where we're at. So please, 
I'd like to remind you right now as well that uh, if you truly want to uh, enjoy the blessings of individual liberty, individual freedom, then that requires you to take individual responsibility. That requires you to be self-sufficient. Nobody has been helping you to be self-sufficient for longer than my Patriot Supply. Uh, there is a link in the show description. I really, really wish you would follow. It takes you to the four-week kit where you can get uh, that backup uh, supply of food. You'll be ready for emergency rations, and uh, you know you just you can't go wrong. It, it tastes pretty good. It's rated to last 25 years should you need it to. Good thing to have around. So follow that link in the show description, please. Go visit My Patriot Supply and go ahead and order at least one four-week supply. Get it on its way, and uh, you know be prepared. Between natural disasters, uh, the the outcome from this election, and let's face it, uh, 2021 is probably looking to try and outdo 2020. You know how sequels always try to do that, usually much worse, uh, but still tries to up the ante kind of thing. Uh, order now. Well, you still have time to get it before 2021. Okay, I'm running out of time this hour. I do want to give a shout-out to Flycatch, who's joined us in the chat room over at BTR, by the way. Uh, glad to have you here. And uh, I keep expressing my frustration. But part of the frustration isn't just set on the expected outcome of the election. The frustration is – at the fact that these people seem to think that uh, it's perfectly okay to pull all the shenanigans. And part of the frustration is at how so many of us have once again returned to each other's throats because some people are trying to set back and call for calm and call for peace. It's like, okay, guys, let's let this work its way out. Let's not rush out to go and and seek out violence. But you know, again, just like I had to do with Ken, it's like it's not our side that does that. If we do, things get really, really messy really, really quick. And I am afraid that we are closer to that than we have been since the end of what's referred to as the American Civil War. Because I, I have conversations daily now with people that I, I deem to be reasonably intelligent people who are peace-loving Americans who just simply haven't been paying enough attention for the last decade plus. And now they're talking about what, what do we do to stop this? How do we stop this? What can we do? And even worse, some of them is when do you think the shooting's going to start? Well, I would tell you the shooting's already started in a few places as we were going into this election. And I expect that it's going to, as long as the temperature stays raised to the point it is, that we're going to continue to see more. But again, the problem isn't with conservatives reacting. It's with the fact that leftists are taking action. We've had political assassinations on the streets in cities like Seattle and Portland. We have seen people attack police officers because of something that happened days or weeks before in another city. 
Oh, we've got to stop the police. We literally had the fine folks of Portland go after one of the city council members because he simply refuses to vote to defund the police of Portland. And now because some conservative voices are calling for calm, they're being accused of being soft. They're being accused of giving up. When they're not, they're just trying to remind us that that's not who we are, and it's not who we want to be. Sadly, I have to remind them that unfortunately it may be who we need to be, and that's not me calling for violence because I know every time I even make the slightest hint along that way, somebody pops up and says, oh, I can't believe you're calling for, for violence. I'm, I'm not. I'm calling for legitimate legal pushback. And I warn you that pushing conservatives, pushing to create the Bubba effect you may think will play well for you on television, but once that gets started, you're really, really not going to like how that plays out. Because who has the overwhelming majority of firearms among the citizenry? Who has the overwhelming number of uh, amounts of ammunition? Who spends the most time on the range? That's not something you want to push. It's not something you want to get started. The fact that most of us don't want to be that people, and we still are being pushed in that direction. We cannot continue to be at each other's throats. I think it's very telling that certain members of the Republican Party were quick to congratulate Joe Biden. And once again, Utah, I'm looking at you guys. But it's just as telling that the president of Mexico said, I think I'm going to wait to see how things actually play out in the courts before I congratulate him because at this point, nothing's settled. And that's true. There is nothing that's been settled as of yet. The legacy media doesn't get to make this call. The Biden campaign doesn't get to make this call. Everything has to move forward. There's already an established path for when there's a contested election. There's already been enough demonstration of the shenanigans, of the lawlessness that has taken place in small amounts that – Recounts in some of these locations have to be made with proper oversight, and votes that were not legally cast must be discarded. And then once all that's settled, then you move forward. Regardless of the outcome of that, that's what needs to happen. Trump doesn't have to concede this election for Joe Biden to be installed. Joe Biden can claim victory at this point all he wants to. It doesn't make him the next president of the United States. There are reasons why they waited till Saturday to start making this claim. 
everybody wants to draw comparisons to 2000 and how long Al Gore was president-elect before turns out he wasn't. Everybody wants to to put out the the ridiculous discussion of how people were out there celebrating in the streets once some of these legacy media outlets started calling the election. Just out celebrating in the streets, dancing around, partying it up, and saying, "Oh well, you know what? What about what about COVID? Why why are you got all of that is irrelevant. What is relevant right now is the process, and the process needs to be followed to its logical conclusion. We have to be prepared that at the end of that process, Joe Biden may very well be installed. There may simply not be enough evidence of enough fraudulent voting to tip the scale, to make the difference. Right or wrong, better or worse, that may be the case. And just because somebody steps up and says, hey, by the way, guys, let's, let's not let this make us so angry that we go do something stupid. That doesn't make them a bad guy. It doesn't make them a rhino. It doesn't make them not conservative. It just makes them somebody that loves this country. And doesn't want to see Americans fighting Americans on the street. A vision I think most of us hold dear. That's why we got a republic in the first place, guys. We got a republic so that we would be in charge. And every now and then we need to remind those elected officials that they in fact work for us, not the other way around. We need to occasionally remind the people that work in the bureaucracies that they're supposed to be apolitical. They're not supposed to take a side. Now, to some, that sounds like anger. And to a degree, there is anger because at any point in time, any person who's entrusted with the job of overseeing an election at a city level, at a county level, at a state level, they're supposed to put their personal feelings aside. They're supposed to resist the temptation to put their thumb on the scale, and any time they violate that trust, they should face consequences. Which is why all this legal stuff has to be done, and whenever and wherever someone is found to have cheated, they need to face the real legal consequences that comes from that, period. Actual investigations need to be done. They need to be transparent. They need to be open. And everything needs to be determined in accordance to a way that follows the law and is as transparent as the left claims to be. That's all. That's where the frustration comes from for me. That's where a lot of the frustration comes. We see this over and over again. Why do you keep cheating? Why do you keep ignoring 
the will of the people that are actually in your district. You're the, you're the people that keep saying the will of the people must be listened to, but you're the ones who are out of touch with the will of the majority of the average Americans. And if you live – if you happen to live in your echo chamber and you never peek your little head, pop up just for a second outside of that echo chamber, you have no idea what the rest of the country is like. None. And what makes it worse is that there are many people that legitimately benefited from the economic policies and the international foreign policies of Donald J. Trump that refuse to acknowledge it. You seem to think that things are going to be better now. How much better is it going to be when gas is back up to four-plus dollars a gallon? How much better is it going to be when Iran gets right back on track with their nuclear programs? Not that they really slowed down at any point, but now we'll have more free reign to do so because nobody's even going to be trying to keep them in check. How much better off are you going to be when war breaks out all over the Middle East because all of the Arab nations that have been encouraged to join in peace with Israel will now no longer have a motivation to do so, that Iran will start a conflict there, and of course we'll blame it on some uh, some little group. Uh, Hezbollah really started. How much better off is America going to be then? There are far too many people, far too many people that are under the mistaken impression that things have been bad because they simply either haven't had the truth presented to them or they refuse to acknowledge it because they're so deep into the ideology that's spouted by leftist political movement in this country that they cannot understand that they're sitting in the pews of a religion that has no, no purpose. All right, we're going to have to break up the uh, the hour because most of the rebroadcast is done an hour at a time. So for those of you that I'm saying goodbye to right now, please remember that uh, you know don't take my word for any of it. Be sure to go do your own homework, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, you know be smart even if it kind of goes against your nature. And uh, for those of you at BTR and at uh, WCET, where we're on for the full two hours, you stay right where you're at. Hour number two starts right after this. We built a promise on a dream Like nothing else the world has seen we built a promise on a dream We built a promise we thirteen We crossed the land bridge Across the ocean A long, long time ago We tracked the herds here We followed fortune On the glacial ice and snow
Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and glad to be going out simulcast with the fine, fine folks over at WCET as well. Want to give a shout out to the folks hanging out in the WCET chat. Uh, that includes Casey, Arizona anti-hero, Michael Veras hanging out in the house as well, Brandy, and uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, of course, uh, over here at BTR, I got the crazy Cajun who's making sure the simulcast goes off without a hitch, as well as properly recording at a higher quality of audio, as he is the audio nutty. Uh, <laughs> crazy Cajun hanging out in the house. We got Flycatch in here as well. We've got New Orleans Wake Up, who, as his usual lefty self, can't help but try to stir the pot and uh, get the folks in my chat room all worked up. But uh, guess what? Enjoy it while you can, sir, because nothing has been decided just yet. And uh, I'm glad you've already got your new suit ready and all that wonderful stuff that you kept bragging about last time. But you know what? Maybe someday you'll have a chance to wear it. Things are not settled just yet. Also, want to give a shout out to Chief, great host of uh, Simple Facts of Life, and uh, you know all that incurs. We are, in fact, uh, here uh, on a Sunday afternoon. It's November the eighth. It's uh, a few moments after four p.m. Eastern time of the live broadcast. In case you happen to be listening to a rebroadcast somewhere across the country, 
And uh, again, thank you so much for being here and for tuning in and joining us as we continue to try and navigate the treacherous, treacherous post-election waters that is America right now. Uh, you got the legacy media working full time, trying to convince you now officially as of Saturday that the election was over, even though lots of places are still counting. And by the way, why are we still counting votes anywhere? <clears throat> I mean, how have you not made your way through this at this point? It's been nearly a week. We're getting really, really close to a week. So why, why haven't we got these counted yet? I mean, you can still segregate them. You can still look at the provisionals. How many of the provisional ballots have been counted right now? How many of these provisional ballots are going to have to be tossed out? How many of the mail-in ballots are going to have to be tossed out? How many suspicious ballots do you need before you trigger an automatic recount, before you bring in federal observers from both sides and – to make sure that you're verifying that nothing suspicious has happened. How many videos do you have to see of postal workers changing dates on these ballots? How many poll workers do you have to see that are supposed to be counting that are changing votes or actually putting votes on paper? How much of this do you have to see before you turn around and say, hey, guys, you know the shenanigans, you're not helping? Because for those of you who honestly believe that Joe Biden should be the next president of the United States, clearly that doesn't exactly help your case, does it? Why aren't you guys screaming from the rooftops that, hey, quit it? You're only giving the other side a legitimate grounds to be upset. I mean, why? Why do you want to? To have people working on your behalf that's working in darkness. It's difficult to understand how so many Americans have lost track of what's important when it comes to an election. It's difficult to understand why so many Americans have lost track of what's important about being an American. The influence of socialism has become so so ingrained among so many young people that it is difficult difficult to, to grasp the concept of how many people have just joined in with this notion. Part of it is because we've had so much affluence in this country for so long that they don't even realize what oppression really looks like anymore. I think occasionally having to run in with somebody in authority is being oppressed. You want to see oppression? Go be a Christian in an Islamic nation. You want to see oppression? Go, uh, <coughs> go hang out in uh, Syria for a while and try to engage in freedom of speech. Those are places where oppression is taking place. That's what oppression looks like. Here you're free to have your say. Here you're free to engage in an economic system that will allow you to succeed based on your merits. That is the, literally the opposite of oppression. Chief in the chat room just said that, uh, strange, while I wasn't a fan of the politics that Obama espoused, I thought it was a good thing that he could be elected. 
I actually had high hopes on the day. Uh, had high hopes uh, where I actually lost track here. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, that's because uh, New Orleans uh, chimed in. I actually uh, had high hopes on the day of his inauguration. That didn't last long. When you look at the reality on the ground, when you see wide open cheating that's happened left and right, and there's no other way to put it. <laughs> I mean, you can try to you can try to, to ice it over, you can try to spin it in any way you want to, but there has been widespread voter fraud that has occurred here. And then you still expect somebody to just concede the election. Well, they've called it. Who? Who called it? Three people that hated Donald Trump their whole lives? <laughs> well, at least from the instant Donald Trump put an R at the end of their name, he was pretty generally loved by Democrats and leftists before then. Gave them a lot of money, didn't he? We have yet to get to the bottom of the announcement that came uh, yesterday from the Georgia Secretary of State. He announced late Saturday that there was an issue with certain ballots in Fulton County, which, of course, is a Democratic stronghold that helped propel Joe Biden over Donald Trump in the Peach State, or at least that's what they're claiming at the moment. Basically, Secretary of State of, of Georgia said that uh, in a statement that investigators were being dispatched to State Farm Arena as officials, uh, as officials to address the problem. Didn't specify what the problem was. Fulton County has discovered an issue involving reporting from their work on Friday. Now, does this have to do with the software glitch? How sad is it going to be for everybody that's out on the streets right now celebrating and dancing if it turns out that a realistic look turns it even without recounts but just fixing a computer glitch that some of these swing states actually ended up going the other way by considerable numbers? How sad will that be? That's why it's way too early for people to be out here celebrating. That's why the legacy media who have made these calls have done so based on the numbers they're being given, not based on what may change, what may happen, because they don't know right now. And guess what? Neither does anyone else. The only people who know how many illegitimate votes were placed were the people who placed them. And even then, they don't know the totals because some people just – Messed up when they voted, but guess what? If it's not done properly within the law of that state, then it doesn't get to count. If you care enough to have your voice heard, then you should care enough to fill out your ballot properly, period. Oh, that's voter suppression. No, that's following the letter of the law. If you don't like the law in your home state, then you go to work to trying to get it changed. … 
It continues each and every day that we move a step further without a resolution. It continues to build frustration and anger on both sides. Now, right now, one side is too busy celebrating to realize that uh, there's still a real chance they're not going to get their way on this one. There's still a real chance that when everything's said and done, when only the legal votes are counted, that there's a lot of states that went blue that right now are considered out of reach. Should they be recounted, maybe they're not as blue as everybody thought either. Flycatch right now uh, mentioned that uh, the web has scrubbed all information pertaining to who the major shareholders of Dominion Voting Systems is. Dominion, of course, being a company with ties to some pretty big names that you may recognize uh, that was utilized in the tabulation in several of these swing states, Georgia being one of them. Michigan being one of them. There's too many people that have simply allowed their their tribalism, their their party affiliation to paint their view of what's transpired. There's too many leftists out there that have completely ignored that Donald Trump has done more uh, to serve left-leaning causes than anyone who's blatantly and boldly claiming to be on the left has done. I mean, isn't it the position of the venerated American left that all Republicans are warmongers? Well, gee, it seems like Donald Trump's the only president we've had that's avoided getting entangled in a new military engagement. Been short of dropping a few bombs here and there, never really put troops down anywhere, and he managed to avoid uh, getting into direct conflict with Iran at least twice. You want to talk about how chummy he got with uh, North Korea, but you want to completely ignore the fact that uh, Clinton and Obama just said, well, here you go. Here's some more money. Do what you want to do. Just stop making all this racket over here. And I am still yet to get a direct answer from anybody that uh, has admitted to voting for Biden as to why they voted for Biden. I get a lot of reasons why they voted against Donald Trump. I don't get any reasons why they voted for Biden. So why? Yeah, I, 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 I paused there for a second. Why? Why would people vote for Biden? And the truth of the matter is no one did. No one voted for – Joe Biden didn't even vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden voted because I'm the Democrat. 
the overwhelming response I get from people why you voted for Joe Biden was he's not Donald Trump. I've asked repetitively for people to move past the rhetoric and look at the policies and look at what's actually been done. Because it's when you look at that that that's what convinced me. I wasn't on board the Trump train. Trump was not my guy. He wasn't the candidate that I wanted for the Republican Party. I didn't think he was conservative. He wasn't my guy. But as you get more familiar with how Trump's imprecise communication works, once you get to understand the difference between what he's – the words he's using and then what he's actually trying to say, you come to realize that the guy, he likes to talk a lot, and he likes to shoot from the hip, and he doesn't always put uh, a great deal of thought. So he's not going to be the most eloquent speech giver. He's not going to be hired to write someone else's speeches either at any point in his career. But when you look at what actually got accomplished on his watch while he was having to fight against all of the Democrats, while he was having to fight against the legacy media, while he was having to fight against half of the people in his own party, it's astounding what he did. The U.S. economy was in the best shape it has been in and who knows how long before COVID hit. And we just came through a record-setting third-quarter recovery, and that was with almost half of the country still shut down. Nearly everything that was lost, we, we grew a huge chunk of what was lost back with nearly half of the country still shut down. Fifty-eight percent of respondents – to a leftist poll, came out and said that they were better off now than they were four years ago, and that's after having to try to get through COVID-19. And oh yeah, everybody wants to go on about, oh, the COVID response, he botched the response, he botched the response. Please. Give me one indication that Hillary Rodham Clinton, had she been elected, would have done any better. Give me one indication because I can show you everything that Hillary was saying, that Joe Biden was saying, that uh, Nancy Pelosi was saying at the time that uh, Donald Trump took action. And the best you guys can come up with if you're anti-Trump is the fact that he lied to the American people. How many times did Barack Obama lie to the American people? Only you guys don't even call him out on that. And, and if your level of I don't want to cause a panic, so I'm going to exude confidence in our ability to handle a situation, which is what he was actually doing. Granted, he should have should have been more precise. I'll grant you he did not handle it well. It was a case where he could have handled it much, much better, but he was just trying to avoid a panic, and yes, a panic would have ensued. But show me one iota of evidence that anyone would have handled it any better. And I mean even now, who's handling it better than we did? 
coup. The only places that have better numbers and haven't had not just one, but now two full-fledged waves of corona are countries that are so much smaller than we are that it's really hard to do an apples-to-apples comparison no matter what set of metrics you use. And oh yeah, by the way, if you're not using a reasonable set of metrics, then you're not using an honest evaluation. In the chat room, Joe is Irish. I'm partially Irish. That makes me proud to be partially Irish. Uh, so <clears throat> what you're telling me uh, there, New Orleans, is that uh, as seems to be the case almost exclusively with the left, that identity politics means more to you than actually what's best for America as a whole. Because that's what that sounds like. But not that that's a surprise. Identity politics. Look, everybody that's out on the street celebrating keeps missing the point. You guys in the chat room right now that are uh, just doing your darndest to bash Trump and uh, celebrate this apparent victory, which, by the way, nothing's settled yet. I'm going to keep reminding you of that. Just tell me one good thing about Joe Biden. Nearly 50 years in D.C. And what did he accomplish? What has he done that's good for the American people? What has he even done that's just good for you as an individual? One thing. One thing. Joe's Catholic. Yeah, Joe's Catholic. But Joe, just like Nancy Pelosi, is one of those Catholics that isn't welcome to take communion in nearly two-thirds of the American Catholic churches. And you know why? Because his level of practicing Catholicism uh, is not exactly true to the testament. And as a Catholic, I'm shocked that uh, you could be such a hardcore leftist because do you still support the murder of pre-born humans? Because the party you support certainly does. Seems kind of uh, anti-Catholic. Well, the country shouldn't be run based on religious ideologies. No, but if you're truly engaged in your faith to that degree, seems like that might be part of the platform you might try to change. I need to see Dr. Phil. I'm not bitter. I'm I'm angry. I'm angry at the fact that leftists so blatantly performed acts of cheating in this election and that they're still celebrating the victory, that so many people have gone so far from engaging in the true principles that this nation was founded on that you really are willing to be prepared to say, yes, once again, the ends justify the means. That makes me angry. 
if we had a straight up legitimate election and Joe Biden had ended up becoming the victor out of that, then I would be upset that the policies of socialism seem to be what's getting embraced. But it wouldn't be over the results of the election. It would be what's coming next. And I think most people should feel the same. I'm pretty certain that an average American who's just a casual observer of the body politic has come around to recognize that the Democratic Party has done nothing but lie to them for decades. And we saw that movement in the black communities, and we saw that movement in Hispanic communities, and we saw the fact that when you break it down, the only place Donald Trump lost some of his support was among white men. And it doesn't matter how awful the man may be on a personal level because the other guy wasn't any better, isn't any better, has been awful, just in different ways. He's utilized his name as a way to grow wealth for his family. He's got such strong ties to China that China will be the major economic power of the world moving forward should he actually become installed. That's bad for freedom and liberty everywhere. There's a reason why his nickname on this show is barely there Beijing Biden because that's where the connections are. I'm I'm angry and bitter over the fact that there are two separate sets of rules and laws in this country. If you happen to be Hillary Rodham Clinton, you can clearly violate every security uh, law that's ever been established, and it's okay because she didn't mean to do anything wrong. And since when has that ever been the legal standard? Oh, but if if I had some super top secret emails on my laptop and I was to send them to a private server. I would probably still be waiting for my appeal to get out of federal prison right now. And just FYI, before I slip out to the mid-hour break, there is a big difference between simply saying that there's no evidence of voter fraud… And there actually being no evidence of voter fraud. We've been seeing lots and lots of evidence of voter fraud. It's just we haven't seen enough of it to matter. But we have seen enough of it that it should make us say it's time to go back and count. And uh, no, New Orleans, Joe Biden does not love me because he doesn't know who I am. Half the time, he doesn't know who he is, and Joe Biden will be calling as many presidential decisions as I will be. Let's take that mid-hour break before we get back to it. You got to stay right where you're at. I'll be back right after it. One would think that Nasty Pelosi would be the last person on earth to label Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett as illegitimate. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, 
1987, when Nasty Pelosi began serving in the U.S. House of Representatives, her district, which includes San Francisco, was one of the most beautiful places on earth. Pelosi swore to uphold the Constitution, but just as the world has witnessed the gradual transformation of her district from beautiful to open toilet status in the streets of San Francisco, she has, along with fellow Democrats, trashed both the Bill of Rights and the U.S. Constitution consistently. Thus, I find it pretty hypocritical that Pelosi has labeled recently appointed Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett as illegitimate. Justice Barrett just happens to be one of the most qualified persons ever appointed to the bench. Also, unlike Pelosi, Justice Barrett has upheld the Constitution consistently. Unlike Pelosi, who has made a career out of trashing our Constitution. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Welcome, I'm Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. Many veterans have been in the hospital throughout the pandemic without the ability to see family or loved ones. As a result, depression is on the rise. Here's your veterans tip of the day. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us and click on the donate button to contribute an MP3 system to a veteran. You can help fight depression. Go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. This has been your veterans tip of the day. Late nighters and WCET radio listeners around the world, listen up. The shop is here, and you can order WCET radio and your favorite shows swag right now and show your friends and your neighbors you're awake by wearing one of our many shirts, including our Stop the Censorship shirt. That one is a hot seller, so get yours while supplies last. We have coffee mugs, clocks, so you never miss your favorite shows books, mouse pads, and more coming soon. Just go to WCETradio.com and click the shop link. That's WCETradio.com and get to shopping. Hey, late nighters. Keep up with all things WCET radio by joining our mailing list. Just go to the bottom of the homepage and fill in the stay informed form. Then click the get latest news button. You will get everything from guest info and show info and other important station-related information. So sign up now and get a special promo offer just for email subscribers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you ever so much for staying with me through that very brief break. And uh, let me take this opportunity once again to remind you to please go sign up and become a late-nighter. As we move into 2021, there's going to be more and more exclusive content available just to late-nighters. And the value is going to exceed uh, the small, small token of appreciation to the station that you, uh, that you contribute by virtue of becoming a late-nighter. So sign up. Become a late-nighter right away. Uh, don't hesitate. Don't wait. Uh, trust me. Without you, there is no us, and we need you. And if you happen to be listening uh, on one of the other great radio stations currently rebroadcasting this show, uh, whether you're talking about KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Stock Authority, or KDIL 105.7 FM in Kennewick, Washington, or still yet KOII 94.5 FM in Flagstaff, Arizona, if you're listening to one of those places, uh, do the same thing for those guys. Let them know you love them. Let them know you're listening. Let them know 
which broadcast you like the most and which ones you like the least so that they can make their plans accordingly. They can get more of the programs that you like. Uh, they can dump the programs you don't like and similar ones. And uh, remember, uh, we're living in a time where very soon conservative voices uh, may very well be silenced from the public domain altogether, or at least that may will certainly be the agenda of some who were possibly about to come to power. Uh, I would like to remind uh, New Orleans in the uh, chat room that sometimes what Jesus would do is take a whip to the money changers, uh, turn over some tables, and have some harsh words for some folks who thought that they were far more important than they truly are. Uh, it's not always a question of turning the other cheek, my friends. And uh, as far as how Trump's family made money in the first place, uh, sins of the father – I'd like to also remind you that if, if we're going to go down that route, then uh, Joe Biden should be uh, permanently banned because the Robinette family, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., uh, the Robinette family were notorious slaveholders, and they ran the, the slave uh, return organizations quite feverishly. So you know, if, if that's still something that matters to you, uh, then I don't know of too many people that's actually eligible to hold office. Okay, uh, so you know, just just putting that out there for whatever it's worth to you. <laughs> anyway, all right, first of all, New Orleans, that's not breaking news. Uh, w. Bush did that uh, a little bit ago, and uh, so what? <laughs> I mean, seriously, so what? You got a ton of folks that are just trying to to tamp down the temperature. I mean, that's really where we're at. A lot of folks are out there, okay, everybody's getting riled up. Let's calm everybody down. Okay, so you just saw it. Good, good to know how much you're paying attention. Now, as far as who's done what and who's done when and whatever – we're at a point in American politics where if we're looking for perfect people, we're not going to find anybody. Okay, There's nobody running, and most decent, honorable people don't want to bother to put their families through the kind of BS that happens when you run for this office. So you've got to have enough of an ego to think, yes, I can, I can do something worthwhile, and you also have to have a certain level of either individual wealth or enough connections that you feel like you can make it. But to have those connections means you're going to owe favors. Politics is a dirty business, and it's, it's a horrible business in this country. Period. But when you look at the results, that's what should matter. When you look at the results, that's what should matter. Sure, has Donald Trump said coarse, rude, vulgar things in his past? Yes, but most of which he said before he ever became a candidate. Most of these things years in the past. I want to wake up to a day where we're holding both sides to the same level of accountability. You start doing that, I'm going to start taking you way more seriously. You start holding 
Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. to the same standard that you hold Donald J. Trump to, I'll take you seriously. But you're not. The legacy media isn't. Office holders aren't. What other candidate in the history of this country has been able to put a lid on whatever they're doing for the day, sometimes before 10 a.m.? Access to the media, well, we put a lid on it. Going to go on to a Sunday show? Nope. Going to send out some surrogates, though. And, and can you trust what those surrogates are saying? Can you trust that Joe Biden, who got elected because that was more palatable to the average Democratic voter than, oh, let's say, Kamala Harris was on her own? Julio Castro? Robert Francis, you know him as Beto O'Rourke? Corey Spartacus Booker. These people fell by the wayside. The whole time Joe Robinette Biden Jr. was going around and doing things that should have ended his campaign during the primary, physically putting hands on would-be voters because they asked him a question he didn't like, challenging people to push-ups, telling people on four separate occasions, then I'm not the guy for you to vote for. This guy who wants you to think that, hey, come on, man, you know the thing. This is your candidate? Twice now, twice now in a row, the Democrats have put forward candidates that did better when they were not out being seen or heard. Every time they made appearance, they lost. The only thing that ever worked for Biden was the fact that Donald J. Trump was far too aggressive in debate number one. That was it. That was the only time Joe Biden came out looking like he was the kind of guy. And even then, it was because people felt sorry for him. Oh, that mean old Trump. Did you see what he did to, to that, that guy, uh, that, that poor guy? He couldn't even he, – he literally had to tell him to, to shut up and called him a clown. Please. If Trump's a gangster. <laughs> if Trump was a gangster, man. <laughs> Uh, we like throwing around words like that, but we tend to forget how gangsters actually operate. <sighs> First of all, if Trump was a gangster, he would he would have announced as a Democratic candidate, not a Republican candidate. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! It, it's not about the outcome here, though, guys. It's not, and it shouldn't be. Should be about the integrity of the election. It should be about the fact that one side keeps whining and crying and belly aching about Russia, Russia, Russia. And the whole time they're willing to do more than Russia was capable of doing to interfere with the outcome of the election the whole time themselves. Trump's been the most toxic and destructive political figure in the last 65 years. Really? You, you can't think of a single person that's been more toxic or more destructive. Would you have felt that way if he had announced he was running as a Democrat? Would you have felt that way if he had gotten the nomination there? Because he would have blown uh, Hillary out of the water as a nominee for the Democrat. 
<laughs> uh, no occasion. I, I actually hit the break in like I was supposed to this hour. <laughs> Sorry about the first hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the producer now is uh, reminding me that uh, I've got to sneak that in because at the very least I get a few of those WCET promos in there, which, by the way, again, let me remind you, if you haven't already, go sign up and become a late-nighter. Now, I, I get, don't get me wrong. That's what he should be doing, and I appreciate him doing it. I, I don't want it to sound any other way. At the end of the day, when you got, when you have a choice between a crap sandwich and poached crap, then you look past the crap, and you look at what matters. You want to be a tribalist, then be a tribalist. But have you really taken the time to dig in and see what has been done? Has Donald Trump said some really dumb things uh, during the course of his uh, administration? Yes. Did he follow through with most of the dumb things he said? No, he didn't even attempt to because somebody uh, came up and said, uh, Mr. President, sir, you realize that we really can't do that. Donald Trump won me over, I'm afraid, when he decided that he was going to respect our federalist system of government that we're supposed to have. And he, in that measure, has been better than any modern American president. He respected the federal system. He respected the rights of the states. Every other world leader took COVID as an excuse to claim more power for themselves. He respected the system the way it was founded. The list of accomplishments and the list of the things that he actually did compared to what he said should be enough for anybody that loves liberty to say, maybe this guy's worthy of a second chance even if I don't like the things he says, even if I don't like the way he talks. Why did he want the vote to stop? Because it was clearly time, New Orleans, for some observers to come in and see what was happening before they could – all the uh, votes that shouldn't be counted got all mixed in with the ones that should. When something suspicious is afoot, uh, you apply the brakes, and you don't do it gently either. You slam on the brakes, and you have some people come in and take a look at things. That's why. <laughs> Trump paid a porn star sixty thousand. Uh, well, Trump paid a porn star sixty thousand as part of a agreement that she later violated. So, quite frankly, uh, he ought to get a refund on that. But. Uh, what do you think uh, Joe Biden is as pure as the driven snow? And I'm not making the excuses for his character. I'm not making excuses for it. But you're talking about a man who had to be prepared to fight against the swamp. This is somebody who had to be down and dirty. This is somebody that, again, I was railing against 
in the 2016 primaries, if you're a longtime listener to the show, you know because I said he had these personality flaws. I said that he had all these issues. This was not someone who could be held up as a paragon of virtue. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who wasn't afraid of a fight, and that's what he had to do tooth and nail. In fact, when Ken Crow was on here, when he was already on that Trump train, when he was going hard at it during the primaries, I asked him point blank, how do you expect him to ever get anything accomplished? I asked him that more than once, as well as a few other guests who came on. Because I didn't see – I didn't see anywhere where this guy would be able to accomplish anything if he did get elected, and he proved me wrong there too. Now, uh, New Orleans, I'm afraid you are not – the purveyor of who gets to determine and decide what the definition of voter suppression is because voter suppression is when you legitimately try and stop people from voting. That's voter suppression. When you see the potential for votes, for ballots that have been cast that are not legal and legitimate votes, and you want them not counted… That is the opposite of voter suppression because true voter suppression can happen after the vote. Every time somebody puts in an illegal, illicit vote, something that should not be counted, a ballot that does not belong, that is also voter suppression just as much as trying to prevent people from getting to the polls. as trying to prevent people from having the opportunity to vote. Well, Green… Commenting in the chat room saying that one must wonder just how low the bar is to lend to support to someone like Trump. He's an awful person. Well, how low has the bar been set? I mean, honestly, how low is that bar? I, I'm an idealist. I want people standing on the principles, and I want them standing on the principles of the Constitution. And I got to tell you, personal foibles aside, I haven't seen somebody stand firm for the principles of the Constitution as well as Trump has in a very long time, not since Reagan. George W. sure didn't do it. George H.W. sure didn't do it. Don't even get me started on Obama. Don't even try to talk about Bill Clinton. These people did not stand for the principles of the Constitution, and they certainly didn't put the American people first. They didn't put aside their presidential salaries and donate it all for the purpose of saying, guys, I don't need it. Here's some place that does. Didn't go around making deals around the world to enrich himself. And he stood firm and challenged China and their abuses against the world. He stood up and stood firm against Russia and their advancements in the Middle East. Yeah, you don't hear about that from the legacy media, do you? And if you do hear about it, they're joking and laughing. Can you believe some conservatives believe it? Yeah, we do because we've seen it. We saw the policies. We've seen the executive orders. We've seen the efforts to stop the crap. Bill Clinton was just as immoral. I'll, I'll say he was a hell of a lot more immoral because uh, Bill Clinton had some friends who happened to operate a pedophile island, if you'll recall. And that same friend of Bill Clinton got kicked out of Mar-a-Lago, got kicked out of and was never allowed back, and for a similar reason. Look, the man's not perfect. He's far from it. And again, I'm going to remind you that uh, 
most of us don't have a stone to throw at risk of breaking the walls of our little glass houses. But this isn't about Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. This isn't about the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist versus barely there Beijing Biden. This is about where you want the future of this country to go. What direction do you want? Did you want to hang on to still trying to make it a positive experience to be an American where we're back on top of the food chain where we're supposed to be? Or do you want to embrace socialism and go the route of Venezuela? Venezuela went from being one of the strongest economies in the world to not being able to support eating in a a very short period of time. And that's with all the wealth of natural resources that they had. That's that's the the question that you should be asking. How much more can you trust a Joe Biden who's lied about knowing what his son was up to, knowing what his brother was up to, knowing that they're getting these government contracts? That didn't happen without Joe making a phone call. So come on. Come on, man. You know the thing. It's called corruption. It's called deep seat corruption. It's called deep Swamp corruption. Is that really what you want for America? You're okay with that system? When Joe Biden said just a few short years ago as the VP looking to get Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama reelected, they're going to put you all back in chains. He wasn't really talking about Mitt Romney. No. It's a question of what direction this country goes in moving forward. And if after everything is said and done, if we end up without Donald Trump returning to the White House, then so be it. But those of us of the conservative ilk, we cannot remain silent. We must be prepared to stand up even when they come after us. And oh yeah, they got bigger fish to fry than me and Ron Edwards and Annie Uvellis. They got bigger fish to fry than uh, Don Smith. But they'll be coming for us just the same. There's already even talk about shutting down the internet completely for a couple of weeks just to let things settle. Well, I got a phone. I got a pen. And while I don't have the power to, to write executive orders with them… I do still have ways to communicate, and so does the majority of Americans in this country. And if it takes shutting down our freedom of speech in order to install your side, then how good could your side really be? And nah, New Orleans, you're missing the whole point. You ain't hearing me right at all. I'm playing victimhood. No, 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 no. I'm saying prepare. I'm saying be ready because the victim lays down and takes it. That's not where I'm at. This microphone is going to continue going no matter what I have to do to get to do it, and I ain't the only one. That's not being a victim. That's preparing 
to not be a victim. But if your side has to take away my rights, my liberty, in order to install your regime, how American could that be? How American is it to say, well, we disagree with what you say, and just because you're questioning us, well, that means you don't get to have a voice anymore. And now I'm inciting violence. Nah, son. Again, that ain't what I'm doing. I just said my microphone. How much violence is being done by my microphone? I'm going to keep talking is what I just said. Oh, but I forgot. I'm sorry. You're so right. You are so right. I forgot that the standard on college campuses now amongst the snowflakes is that words are violence. I'm hurting you so bad with the words that I'm saying. It's just so hurtful. Do you need a cry closet? Do you need some place to go and be safe because my words are hurting you so bad because I'm challenging the notion that Biden, that Harris, that those that will be pulling the strings behind the scenes may be dangerous for the American republic? That's dangerous? And you're probably right. The blog talk people will censor me. Right. Censorship. Take my liberties. Take my liberties. Blog talk ain't the only place I can speak from. It's not the only platform that I'm on. And that's just it. you got to go take them all away to silence my words, to silence my ideas, to silence the very notions of individual freedom that built this nation. And I'm not the only one that's preparing I'm not the only one who's ready. You are going to try and – it's been happening on social media for a while now, and it's going to continue to happen. Hey, it's not even the first time that BTR has done censorship here, but my audience keeps growing. I wonder why. It's because I'm not some bomb-throwing loon. I don't just sit here and parrot talking points. I have guests on that express a wide range of views, including even some leftist guests on occasion, mostly just to let them demonstrate who they are. But I'm respectful to my guests, and I allow you to hang out in my chat room, not because I'm, hey, high five, I'm glad to be here, but because you, in my mind, have a right to express yourself too. So as long as you're respectful to the other people in there, you're welcome to be here. You don't have to agree with me. But when you challenge me or anything I say, then I challenge you to explain why and just giving me platitudes and leftist talking points and then calling me names. None of that actually is a legitimate challenge. You think you're going to boycott my show for a week? (laughs) Well, bye. You've always had that. In fact, I'm pretty sure I told you Friday night that as soon as you weren't happy with what you were hearing, you knew how to go to another chat room. Sorry that you do seem to need that safe space. See ya. (laughs) Ah. <sighs>
Oh, yes, leftist. You, you, you all just – you dance in the streets now. Ignore the fact that there's COVID out there. Dancing without your mask on, acting like it doesn't exist, even though that's why we weren't allowed to do a whole bunch of stuff all freaking year. <laughs> you just come on. Do whatever. Because, again, things aren't settled in this election just yet. No state, no state has certified the outcome of the election. Until that happens, you don't have a winner. Try not to celebrate too hard just yet. In the meanwhile, liberty will continue to exist. Liberty will be fought for. Here in the area of ideas, in printed media, and online media, and on radio and television, we will continue to fight for the ideas of freedom and conservatism. And the more your side has to draw power to try to shut us down, the more you reveal who you truly are. So, you know, good luck. In the meanwhile, that's got to be it for me today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Everybody hanging out with WCET Radio. Glad to be here live with you. Everybody hanging out at BTR. Glad you guys are here as well. In the meanwhile, do not take my word for not one little iota of what I said because, you know, you do your own research. You might be surprised how often I'm proven to be right. But do your own research, and more importantly, use your brain. And, you know, instead of just following propaganda that you're hearing in places, because that's really the only way if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart, <laughs> even if it goes against your nature. I'm out for now. See you Tuesday night, I guess, except for maybe New Orleans, who's going to be boycotting. <laughs> and, uh, have a, have a great week, everybody.
Is using both hands. 